Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Dr. Joseph Tropper. It's always great to hear feedback, positive, negative, and everything in between. Please feel free to reach out to me, josephtropper at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from everybody. Today's topic is my five A's, my five rules for recovering from an addiction issue. Now, the truth is that there's a famous expression, which is jack of all trades, master of none. And I really have a very curious mind and love to study lots of things, but I keep that in mind. So today I'm going to take a risk. Um, it's a risk that I take often, but some of you love me for it and some of you don't, but that's fine. If, you, if you're here, you probably appreciate my style, which is to cast a wide net. So I'm going to talk about um, two main aspects of addiction um, and the recovery from it. And in doing that, I'm being very, very broad, but that's okay because I'm trying to give you a lot of information. And those two aspects are the following. Number one is how do I deal with an addiction? And when I say the word addiction, I, I, because I'm going to be giving a very, very broad approach towards it. So please bear with me because I'm going to talk about five steps um, to be able to deal with those that addiction. And I'm, I could be referring to a drug addiction, alcohol addiction, a pornography addiction, an affair, uh, sexuality addiction, etc. Um, and I'm not even going to define exactly what those things mean because that's way beyond the scope of what I even want to cover today. And the second aspect is that you could listen to this as an individual or you could listen to this as someone who's um, in a relationship, friendship, or in, loves someone who has this addiction problem and I, I believe that I'm going to cover what has to happen in order for this to get fixed but keep in mind that you know you could bring a horse to the water but like I always say if you push it in it drowns so you can't always fix other people but um, what inspired me with, uh, with this specific rule is that over the past week I dealt with a, a couple in crisis because of uh, one of the partner, partners um, uh, sex addiction um, and I laid down the law as far as, you know, if you want to recover and you want to work on this, um, meaning both parties agree that they want to maintain the relationship, which might not necessarily be uh, the case for many people, um, then this is what has to happen. And the second thing is that I dealt with somebody, uh, individual therapy, uh, with somebody that had a very, very severe addiction. So, again, I'm oversimplifying here, but I think you'll appreciate my five A's because this is the only way that anybody with an addiction gets help and gets better. Now, the first thing is that... If you have a severe addiction, and I'm not going to define that again, exactly what that means, but where there's some dependency that you can't stop and that is causing wreaking havoc in your life, then you need to get help immediately um, because otherwise there's no way. Just saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I won't do it again, I promise, or saying, wow, that really sucked, that really, really hurt me, um, you're not going to change. The reason I know you're not going to change is, A, I've been doing this for more than two decades, but B, because I had a woman that I worked with when I did drug and alcohol addiction. She was... Um, I'm sorry, skip fast forward one minute if you're queasy um, because this is a trigger alert. But basically um, what happened was she was addicted to benzodiazepines, which basically slows down the body. And she was taking them while she was pregnant. Uh, this is her third pregnancy. And her goal was that she wanted to keep this baby because that would have been the first baby that wasn't taken away, um, which is a really, really sad story in itself. But basically when the baby was born, um, she was pulled away, A, because she was put in the emergency room uh, because the baby was addicted to benzodiazepines and basically was thought to be dead because of what the benzos did to the baby. Um, and B, CPS obviously removed the baby from this mother's care because any mother that, um, you know, was using the amount of benzodiazepines during pregnancy, um, you know, would need a lot of help. And, and, and it's very, very tragic. That's the, that, that's the emotion that you're hearing from me. So that's how I learned that just because someone says, I'm so sorry, I really have to stop this. It's really hurting me. That doesn't mean anything. You need psychiatric help. Okay, and this woman came for help, and while she was pregnant with her fourth child, her goal was 
and the intake, she told me her whole entire story, but it was basically, I would like to be a mother, and I would like to be a functional person. I got her into the Hopkins program for pregnant women, they helped her with her addiction, weaned her off, and she gave birth to a very healthy uh, baby that was her fourth and first child in some in some ways. Anyway, that's how I know that people with addictions don't get help without professional help. Okay, so what are the five things? If you're committed to getting that help, then in the context of that help, these are the five things that any competent um, therapist will help with. And I'm going to read off all five, and they're my five A's, and you could grab a pen and paper, write it down, or you can listen to this podcast again until you get them well. And you're going to say, Joe, what, are, what what's the difference between all of them? There's a lot of overlap. I get that. But these are the five stages, um, and, and they're not in any specific order, but they all have to happen in order to um, affect a repair. Um, and remember, see, I'm doing all these preambles again. This is what I'm famous for. Um, remember that trust is like glass. It takes a long time to bake it and make it, but it can be shattered in seconds. Um, and unfortunately, people with addiction issues, um, that is the story of their life. Um, so anyway, number one is awareness. There must be awareness as to what you did wrong. Number two is accountability, which is very hard to define, but some ability to look inward and say, I've caused a lot of damage. Number three is to give answers, healthy, respectful, honest answers to people around you who are trying to be in a relationship with you and to be open and honest about that. Number four is artifacts. It's the only one that doesn't really fit so well with all the alphabet, but is the most important one, which is a trauma work that you do where you dig deep and understand exactly what caused the addictive issues. So looking at the artifacts of your life and the traumas that caused you to do what you do, because that's where all the change is going to happen. And of course, number five is the most obvious one, but I have to say it and you'll understand why. And that is action. There must be active change or we're just going to be stuck. So let's go through all five of them. Number one is awareness. Um, unfortunately, most people that come to my office, it's because their spouse caught them or because their life is just so unmanageable that they just say, I've reached rock bottom, I'm ready to do something about that. Now, I've helped people who are in higher levels, and I don't believe that you actually have to reach rock bottom um, in order to get help. I don't think anyone actually does, really. I think that <clears throat> I think that most people don't seek help until they reached rock bottom. But if for whatever reason someone is walking into my office at whatever stage they're in, whether in pre-contemplation or my life is about to fall apart, etc., etc., there's a lot that can be done. A lot, sometimes... I would say that the second most common place that people come in is I feel guilty for everything I'm doing and I really want to stop, which is a great place to start therapy as well. Um, and a lot of clients, for example, um, shout out to my client who I started with one month ago who said, yes, 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 I'm totally committed. And I said, you know, and, and, and I told you and you represent many, many people. Um, I'm really sorry about this um, gambling addiction that you have. I just want you to know that gambling addiction is actually one of the hardest addictions to break because there's nothing wrong with going in and spending money and having a good time. And also the debt that it causes is very, very debilitating. And also the hope, that lie that, no, 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 I'm just going to go back. I'll earn back all my money and then I'll stop um, is what perpetuates the exact addiction in itself. And of course, this person said, no, 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 I'm different. I'm different. I really want to lose my family and my spouse and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And after two sessions, Joe, please discharge me. Uh, you're a great guy, but I'm just not ready to do this work. Um, to which I responded, hey, why don't we do a follow-up session and just talk about what you did accomplish? Um, and the response was not forthcoming. Okay, so anyway, um, so number one is awareness. You have to be aware that you have a problem. You have to be aware that this is really wreaking havoc in my life. You have to be aware that I'm doing something that's dysfunctional. And again, in the CAGE, um, which is an acronym for one of the screening things, it says, you know, is, is this addictive substance something that's causing problems in your life that other people are concerned about? Because sometimes... Other people are the ones to find out first, or almost never, in every case, that's the case. Number two is accountability. Accountability means there needs to be someone that you answer to. It can't just be, yeah, I have an addiction problem, and I'm not showing anyone my bank account, and I'm not being accountable, and I'm just going to keep buying and drinking and using and abusing. It doesn't work like that. So there needs to be accountability. Um, 
recovery without accountability is basically like um, driving down the highway at 75 miles an hour um, with your sunroof open on a rainy day and saying, I swear, I'll, I'll swerve around every single raindrop. You're just, you're a fool. It's impossible. It's just not happening. So if there isn't accountability to what you're doing, and I'm sorry to say this, it's just the honest truth. If you're not accountable, whether it's to a group, to a sponsor, to a therapist, to someone, then you're not going to get better because you're going to keep making excuses. And um, part of accountability, by the way, is another thing, which is accessibility, which is actually a sixth item, but I'm not going to drive you nuts. I just put it under accountability, which is stop accessibility. If you have a problem with alcohol, get it out of the house. And stop all the places that you're going to. If you have a problem with drugs, you need to cut off all contact. If you have a problem with pornography, you need to have a very, very strong filter that you're accountable for. And that stops you. Because otherwise, if you just keep having access to something, then you're going to keep slipping back. So don't be stupid. Be accountable. And again, a lot of people, you know, if you're listening to this, you're one of three people. Okay? Most people are listening to this thinking about a loved one that is, is should really hear this but is never going to listen. And even if you send it to them, they're still never going to get to this part, which is really, really tragic. Uh, some people are listening and saying, yeah, yeah, Joe, I'm going to do all that for myself, but you're not. And then there's like maybe 1% of the people here that are really, really saying, you know what? Okay, I'm really going to change my life now. Um, and that's amazing. I applaud you. And you're going to get somewhere. But next, number three, um, if you're counting, awareness, accountability, which is part of accessibility that you're stopping. Um, is uh, Number three is answers you need to give an honest accounting again I'm not, I'm not following the 12 steps for those of you that are following that meaning you recognize that i'm not going with that approach but basically making a reckoning and saying i'm sorry to people you hurt is very important but you need to give straight honest answers to people around you because otherwise you're just a liar and i don't believe you and i don't even know whether i can believe you or not because you keep lying to me okay number four is the idea of artifacts you must look into your past and do trauma work real trauma work means digging deep having uncomfortable thoughts, feelings, emotions, which you already have, by the way, anyway, which is what's causing you to drink and use the addictive substances that are distracting you, and just coming up with ways where you could do that real, real trauma work and heal, because once we remove the trauma factor, then oftentimes a lot of the addictive stuff go away, except for their habitual part. There's a certain habit of just doing things over and over again. That doesn't go apart until you have spent 30 to 60 or sometimes even 90 days in abstinence and in healthy ways of looking at that object and of healthy ways of approaching that object, meaning if it's food addiction, then it's eating healthy. Um, if it's a sex addiction, then it's healthy sexuality. If it's a drug addiction, obviously it's full abstinence, etc. All right. And finally, number five, there needs to be an action plan. That includes three main things. Number one is avoiding stimuli. Number two is catching myself before I fall. And number three is an, a, a game plan if I do start to slip, how I get back on track. And with that approach, you really, really could do amazing things. Again, if you or a loved one are struggling, I can't promise you that your loved one's going to be in the awareness con contemplation stage where they actually want to help themselves. But these are the steps in order for it to heal. And I've never seen anyone get better without doing these things. Um, and I see a lot of people enabling lots of loved ones by staying with them and just saying, well... It's too hard. There's only I could do. We're just going to all suffer together, which is really, really tragic. So again, five steps to dealing with addiction. Number one is awareness, being aware of what's going on in your life. Number two is accountability, which is basically saying I'm going to take the next steps to stop this and also removing accessibility so that I'm not going to have easy access to the thing which is really destroying my life. Number three is giving answers, being honest, having a reckoning and accounting to the people that you, that you hurt so that you can be honest with them. Number four is artifacts. By the way, that doesn't mean living in guilt which is what's stopping a lot of people from getting better. Anyway, number four is artifacts, which is really, really doing the trauma work with a uh, 
therapist who really knows how to help you with that because that is the crux of the therapy process of stopping. And number five is an action plan. Action plan of how I'm going to stop the preventative stuff, how I'm going to stop slipping, and how I'm going to get back on my feet if I have a relapse and I slip. Thank you so much for joining. And my heart goes out to you if you're struggling in any way. Please reach out for help. And please use these steps to be able to enhance your life in any way in anything that you're trying to do.